Hello and welcome to episode 156 of the Game Pit. I'm Sean and here's Roman. Hello everyone, you're very welcome back to the Game Pit and we have a special guest with us. Superstar of gaming, soon to be red hot hit fireworks in the night designer, Mr. Daniel Hello! Hello! I'm on, I'm on the Game Pit podcast again. It's been a, been over a year since you've had me on. I thought it was about four years. We were really desperately trying to keep you well, off. Yeah, I've been, I've been lurking outside Ronan's house, nose pressed to the window, hoping to catch a recording so I can kind of do a little scream in the distance and at least hear myself on it. But no, I'm and here. And it's another top ten list that you've done nothing but bitch and moan about. Well, it's your fault for picking picking top ten <laughs> lists of things that I, I know nothing about. I don't do games. I don't do games. Games are for nerds. Well, they are, especially yeah. the designers. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting top ten list because I would have thought I'd be a lot better at this top ten list than I was, and then I suddenly realised my uh, my board gaming credentials are, are, are solely found wanting. I must have I've gone to night school for board gaming rather than the you know Oxford University community college board gaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought we were here to talk about Monopoly and the game of life. <laughs> In fairness, Sean has come up with a weird format, and I did struggle a little bit with it as well. Sean, explain the format, and then I'll tell you about my wife. That's it. Bl- blame the fat kid. Oh, well, come on, mate. It's just, it's three that's all three of us, isn't it? Surely. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do designer versus designer top ten. So you take five games from one designer, your five top games from one designer, your five top games from the other one, and then order in, them into a top ten. So today we have gone with two, two of the biggest names out there, and that's Feld versus Rosenberg. And to be honest, Dan, like yourself, I struggled a little bit with one of these. Yeah. Because well, you, you, you know the big ones, and you love the big ones, and then you go, oh, and they've done all these weird ones I've never heard of, um, <laughs> or played once five years ago. That's definitely Rosenberg. Uh, We're all talking about Rosenberg, right? He was much, much a bit, <laughs> like, a bit of both. A bit of really? Because my like, 11 to 15 would have been all Feld. Uh, yeah, I, fa- I, found, I found Feld more hard than, than Rosenberg, to be honest. Really? Oh, that was the other way. Oh, wow. Really we'll struggled see. with Rose. We'll oh, see. That We're giving away too much. Anyway. Yeah. We are also very excited to learn more about Dan's big project at the moment. Well, we say Dan's. Cora's big project at the moment. Yeah. That she's letting Dan sort of jump in and claim some of the credit. That's it's, right. And it's uh, Cora Quest, isn't it, Dan? You are designing a game with Cora, your daughter. I'm not only designing, I've designed it. I've designed it, Sean. It's it's finished. It's almost finished, anyway. Um, and it's yeah. It's a it's a during during lockdown, myself and my eight year old daughter were bored, and so um, we decided just to to play around and make a make a board game, just you know, just for a bit of fun and also a bit of uh, homeschooling, a bit of uh, probability and um, language skills and IT and all that kind of stuff. And then um, we made it. And we were, we were playing it. We thought, this is wow, this is good. I'm really enjoying this. It. Like a dungeon crawler aimed at kids. She, she drew all the characters and and all the all that kind of stuff. And then um, I, I mentioned it on our um, Facebook group, the Sporadically Bored Facebook group, the finest board gaming podcast on the Dice Town Network. I, I've got too many things to plug. That's my problem, guys. <laughs> got too many things to plug. You have been in trouble for plugging. How, how am I going to fit it all in? Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to invite me back next time. Phantom um, Screaming Huddersfield Plugger. Yeah, <laughs> that's me. That is me. That's 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 what they were called me in the paper anyway. I shared it with a few people, and they made some suggestions that, that really, really improved it. And, and suddenly I found myself with an actual valid 
really good, I feel, and a lot of people have said it's good. Um, game on the hands, which is it fills a fills a gap, which is a a, a, a merry trash game for kids. You don't get many merry trash games for kids. Uh, you know, dungeon crawler where they can go around and fight baddies and search for treasure and and tell stories and things like that. So yeah, so so we ended up getting a load of other kids to draw some art for us. So so all the art in the game's done by kids from, from all over the world and, and put together by Gary King. So it looks really nice, even though it's, you know, it's kids' art, but it's kind of spruced up. And it's it's coming to Kickstarter! February the 1st! I'm very excited. What has struck me, Dan, is that a lot of people, when they're going to do a game via Kickstarter, get overwhelmed because they find that, okay, they might be good at 10 of the roles but involved in it, but you've got to do forty different things. Yeah, yeah. Via Spradley Board, you've built up built up a really a great community, really. A, a lot of people who feel very close to you, and it seems like you've been using a lot of people around you to to use their skills. And yeah, well, I mean, in a good way though, because they, because especially during lockdown, they felt part of this bigger thing. And been able to use lots of different people's skills and abilities to put this together. You're almost like the the center of the maelstrom rushing into this Kickstarter. Oh, well, that, 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 that's how it feels, to be honest. I, I, um, I, I decided, as I say, Gary, my friend who, who I know through the podcast, really, he did all the art. Then Mark Cook's come on board, who, who's the uh, organiser of Aircon, but also he's a board game project manager for um, Plastic Soldier Company, and he used to work for Hush Hush, who do Fog of Love. And, and he's handling all the logistics side of stuff. There's people coming on doing the copy editing there's there's all sorts of people coming on. It's it's been really really heartwarming. In fact, it doesn't really feel like my project at all. You're right. It feels like a communal effort type type thing. Um, and I guess I would be a gibbering mess on the floor anyway, Ronan. To be honest, if I had to do all the logistics and stuff like that, because that would not be my strong suit. Everyone would end up getting a a box of lawn shavings and and uh, you know <laughs> again. Yeah, yeah. What it's also exposed is that Sean and I have got absolutely no useful skills because no, we've got nothing, not not at all. No, no, nothing, not at nothing at all. But that, that's fine. That's fine. So, loath as I am to to blow smoke up your bottom, Mister Hughes, I think. The, what's come through is your skill at bringing people together, and you you have you, you sent you came up with that idea of involving all the kids from your sort of local community in the the, board, the family board game group you have, and and the Spobo uh, listeners kids. Yeah, and yeah. Brought them all and, and together. And your kid, Sean. Your, your, what have you? I did. Yeah, James, my my oldest. He he did a little picture, which I think is on the front cover. It's on the front cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right yeah, in we place. Yeah, we were well well chuffed with that. But yeah, I think that and that is your skill is building that community and sort of bringing people in together. And that I think that's come through in this project. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, I, 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 yes, I do like to think of myself as as the Pied Piper of board gaming. That's what my uh, <laughs> that's what that's who, who I, I I consider myself to be. Yeah, and you're very lucky to spawn a child who could design a game because. Yeah, well, I don't know where that intelligence has come from because it's certainly not sure me. Sure, didn't list that in your skills, so he yeah. can't. See- <laughs> yeah, certainly not me. <laughs> so, um, have you got an exact date in February when we're going to see Coraquest? F- first of February, first of February, Monday, Monday the first of February, because that's my birthday, and as we all know, it's all about me, guys. It's all about oh, me. It's, it's Rachel's birthday too. All oh, right, well, my yeah, it's slightly more important my birthday, but but you know, she she can have some congratulations as well if if absolutely. We'll what you're going to put out, and then I'll make comment yeah, on that. Okay, right, all right, fair enough. Well, let's see. It's like that, is it? <laughs> Enough shilling. Let's get on to the actually good games. Yeah. 
Sean. Uh, <laughs> Not bad any... on the channel, I'll tell you that much, but go on. <laughs> any further comments before we go in? And one thing that I'm confused about is we're doing designer versus designer. I don't know what is there going to be a winner. Well, yeah, look, the number one, the one, the one who gets the majority is the winner, isn't they? The majority number ones, surely. Unless you want to do some weird math, mathematical formula. <laughs> Unless someone gets a bunch of number ones and then like the other person gets all the twos, threes and fours. All right. You, well, you're in charge of the maths for that then. No, no. Sean? <laughs> Sean told me he had a system. No, 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 no. You're, you're the maths person. You yeah. Do oh, Jesus. I'm really not. What, we'll, we'll do the top, the top three and we'll work it out from the, each person's top three. Okay, right, so shall we crack into it, and uh, I'll start with my number 10 game. Now, my number 10 is Le Havre, or Le Havre, uh, by Uwe Rosenberg, and it's a game I know that is very, very well thought of uh, by the community at large. I think it's finally usurped uh, uh, into Tom Vassell's number one game of all time. Yeah. It has, yeah. So I know it's really well thought of. Has it really? Mm. Yes, yeah, and oh, I definitely watched that. This was a this was the one I had to crowbar in because I didn't really get on with Lahav that much. I thought he was okay. Um, I, I quite liked the interaction with the players. You're building the different buildings and you're kind of using each other's buildings. Um, one of the things that, that kind of killed it for me was it really isn't very good at two players. I didn't think. Um, I think, didn't really feel the theme came through, and I felt like I was just repeating myself over and over again with the half. It's okay. I had to choose a, a Rosenberg game in there because I needed five, and that's why the half is in there for me at number 10. Hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's okay. I've, I've played it once, which I think... I think it's probably a game that really needs repeated plays to to get the subtleties, especially as I was played against people who knew how to play, so I was just left in the in the dirt... Really, um, I remember there being fish involved, so that's a good thing. It's a, yeah, it's, it's about a port, a port town in nineteenth-century France. Yeah, I believe. yeah, yeah. It's that like old you're getting, you're getting the stuff coming in off the ships, and you're you're taking the goods and you're building new buildings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not convinced there's much theme there, to be honest. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this didn't make my top ten. Did it? I think the, no, no, no. The the reason why is when I started playing it. I was playing games with a guy from work. I think I said this before on the podcast. And at the time, there was huge changes to rosters going on. And we had 220 staff and nine locations, and it was all a big... And then this felt exactly like a continuation of work. <laughs> We've been working for eight hours all day, doing this spreadsheet stuff and moving people around and assigning logistics, and then come back to my house, have dinner, and then start working again, it felt like. So it never clicked for me. And then... I did try it again a couple of years later, again, because so much praise and what have you, and it just felt, to be honest, a bit soulless. And it felt like a lot of hard work, and you can get yourself in a rut, and someone else can suddenly start accelerating, and you're like, oh, I'm left behind, and I've got two hours of knowing that I'm left behind in it. So this one was a little bit teetered over into hard work, so not in my top five Rosenbergs. Mm. Well, my my number 10, now, now, this is where I need to put all my caveats out. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Because because I wasn't aware just how few Feld games I've actually played, um, oh. and so my number ten is one of my least favourite games of all time. Uh, <laughs> well, 
Hence its placing. Now, whether I played it, if I played it again, I may enjoy it more. You're going to upset me now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I played it when it, I probably am because there's a lot of people very much like this game. I think um, it came out. It came out when I first got into board gaming. That might have anyway. It's Bruges. Bruges. Oh, okay. I I okay. found and I gave it a good chance because it was a new hotness. I was. I was relatively new into games. We're doing a new board game club. Someone kept bringing it, and I played it four weeks in a row. And I just found it tedious. It it was, again, that's everything that's bad about Point Salad, in my opinion, because I wasn't getting forward in anything. So there's no sense of achievement. Um, I was half-heartedly building canals or walls, whatever you do, half-heartedly collecting cards, half-heartedly doing everything. And I just couldn't get anywhere. I think I won a few times, but it didn't feel like a particular achievement because there was no sense of... There's no progression. There was no summit to get to. It was just a, a bunch of foothills. Um, is that a summit as in the peak of something or as in something? Uh, uh, the peak of something, yes. <laughs> just clarifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, there, but there wasn't summit in it either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Don't mock my northernness. <laughs> That's what you're hey, old, lad. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been I'll in lockdown for a year proof. up here. The last game I played was blooming Yukon Airways with, with Natalie. That was the last game I played. with a, with a That you had to punch. Yeah. Yeah, with that oh, to punch. Painful. I was shattered. I was shattered <laughs> at that point as well. Um, that's an aircon back in March. That's the last time I played with a grown-up. So don't you all you southerners with your lax rules, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All our rookeries with our communal living, where yeah, we have hundreds exactly, of people yeah. around us in buildings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Sean, Sean and I live on Tottenham Court Road. That's correct. Okay. <laughs> um, Bruges is also not in my top ten, and while it's not one of the worst games I've ever played, Dan, easy. It, I found it dull, and for similar reasons, I think to you, but I'm probably more more of a fan of Feld style. I found that the points added was too much. It was all very much for muchness. The card draw was a bit too much of a influence on it. I know it's been reworked and they've they've put the cards into different colours in some made up other city. Not a made up a real city, but that's been made up to go on to a uh, I'm not convinced game. I haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> I've never been to Bruges. Yeah. I've never met Colin Farrell. I don't think it exists. Exactly. So it's not in my top ten. Yeah. They're filming midgets. Weird <laughs> to you, that's me and Dan. Yeah. Hey. Uh, so, Bruges for me, I, it isn't in my top 10. And the reason was, I, I, I think I like it more than you two. I quite enjoyed the process, but I found that the card draw was just so luck of the yeah, draw based. Yeah, I was going to say that. So, yeah, you, when... you could play a great game and just get hosed by the card draw. Yeah. And that's why I got rid of my copy. Now, I believe the expansion uh, remedied that. Uh, to to a certain degree, and the new game that's coming out, I can't remember if it's Amsterdam or Hamburg, it's one or two. Uh, I think they have addressed that problem, so I'm hopeful um, because I I saw I saw the bud of a good game there, but yeah, it just it left a bad taste in my mouth. Oh, you sold it back when when it was going for super duper prices because it was really really going for super duper prices. I'm not that point. clever, Dan. <laughs> I, I probably I probably let it go for a packet of crisps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've done that so many times. Yeah. Oh, you sell it £60? That's worth £7,000. <laughs> oh, I sold um, Battlestar Galactica recently in, in a big game sale. I put it up for 40 quid, And it was the first game that went because Battlestar Galactica is really sought after because they're not making it anymore. And I was getting messages 
for the rest of the day saying, don't sell it to him, I'll give you 60. Don't sell it to him, I'll give you 80. <laughs> Not when you sell your body. I thought Bruges was going to be definitely top 10 for you, Sean, maybe even top five. I thought you loved it. Did you used to love it? Did you go off it? I liked my first few games and then I realised the problem with the cards and I got rid. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That'll be the danger of board game reviewing in general. Yep. Everyone likes the first few games of most games. <laughs> tell me about any. I've got, I've got a whole, I've got a whole confessional about all that kind of stuff. I tell you, but um, oh, well, amazing, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you two are gonna have nothing to say about my top ten. So we, could, my number ten, rather. So we, we can wizard through it quickly. It is Makator by Uwe Rosenberg. Um, the box and the presentation are hideous. But what they hide are a very clever cube switcher. It's all about switching different colour cubes for other colour cubes. It's set sometime in European history on the rise of Hamburg. We all remember when that happened. And you get a set of contracts and each city produces a different type of good or two different types of good, but the same colour, confusingly, but not confusingly once you get into the game. And you need to take the goods from city to city because each city have contracts to fulfil. As you fulfil them, you get better contracts, reoccurring contracts. When you... Um, develop a relationship with a certain city you get more powerful powers when you go there and it's about building up and it's very much a race it's about making yourself more powerful and cornering the market and it's all it is is cube swapping it's just done very very cleverly and it's a game i enjoy a lot but couldn't play all the time but nine number 10 is mccator yeah i i actually gave you your copy of mccator ronan i was really close to, to my Number 10, I swapped it in and out with Le Havre all, all, all the time. And the reason it didn't make it, I think, is because it's very mechanical. There is no theme there. And after I'd played it three or four times, I, I enjoyed the plays, but it just became a little bit repetitive. I was doing the same things over again. And, yeah, as I said, there's no no real theme to speak of there. But it's not a bad game. It's okay. I think it's rubbish. Hey. I've never played it. I've never played it. I've never heard of it. <laughs> Yeah, it's got an orange box, Sean, you're number nine. <laughs> <laughs> My number nine, we spoke of in our review of 2019. It was the game I chose as not in my wheelhouse. It's Robin of Loxley by Uwe Rosenberg. And this is a straight-up puzzle game where you're moving a knight around a grid. Uh, not, not a knight, you're moving a, a counter around the grid in, in the way that you would move a knight in chess. And it's all about set collection and... Around the grid are all tasks that you have to do, whether it's collect a certain amount of these or do be in a certain space or take away something from a certain corner. And you have to, and it's very tactical. And you're, it's a two-player-only game. And I just really enjoyed it. I thought I think it works really well. It, the it, because it's a race game, it starts off quite slow, but then it really ramps up and it doesn't outstay its welcome. And Robin Loxley was a game that I wasn't sure I'd enjoy, but I, I ended up enjoying quite a lot. Mm. It sounds interesting. I'm not, I've not not played it, so so I can't... I, I like the idea of the Knight's Move thing. That sounds good. Yeah, you've, you've got to really sort of plan out your moves and work out where everyone else is going. Cause, yeah, because it's yeah, not it's not kind very, of instinctive to, to think in that shape, is it? Exactly, yeah. So it's it's an interesting way of moving. He's quite good at variations on the theme, is UA, isn't he? That's, that's, his, um, that's his forte, I would say. <laughs> Usually it's just get one theme and tweak it very slightly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, Sean, the reason this is never here is because the box looks hideous and the artwork doesn't look much better. And while you tell me it's a good two-player game, and I do want to try it, and I believe you, there are 
just so many more shiny things catching my eye at the moment i haven't got around to it but i no doubt one day you'll drop it on my house and eventually it will get played but unplayed as yet it's a shame it's a shame it's a shame these these two these two designers got in common really the artwork's always a bit duff and it's a shame that they they have to rely on their name they don't they don't push the art as well because i think a lot of these games could be a lot more appealing. I think. Curb I think this is. Um, it was one of the first games that came out from was it Worm Gold or something, which is effectively Uve's own company. So mm. I'm sure he did have a say in the art on this one. Well, maybe he just got bad taste in art. Maybe that's probably. what the problem is. Uh, probably. Yeah. I'm just waiting to see when Hengist appears on Ronan's list. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a bad game. Anyway, <laughs> so, so it's my number nine now, isn't it? My number nine. nine. My is, number nine is. is we've gone from games I actively dislike to games that you know I've, I've absolutely apathetic towards. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> and that's basically what the next th- uh, well two to three um, two the next actually. nine. Yeah, yeah, the next nine. No, my number nine is La, La Isla. Um, is that how you pronounce it, Rodan? Uh, la la isla. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you you know you know my my uh, pronunciation guru. Um, I love that you mispronounce pronunciation. Getting angry at me. <laughs> anyway, um, this this is a game that almost gave me an epileptic fit when I when I laid it out all on on the board. It's got so many colours and, and flashing at you. Uh, it, it, it it it's rather garish or garish or however Ronan wants me to pronounce it. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's relatively enjoyable. You, you're wandering around, exploring, getting stuff. I seem to remember there's triangles involved. I've played it once. Um, I, I sold it very quickly after. It's it's relatively forgettable, but a, a, a light fare, and that's that's more what I'm into these days. Light light euros. So yeah, I haven't got much else to say about it to be honest, because because um, it was a while ago I played it, and I don't really remember it much. I just remember it being inoffensive. Have you ever played it, Sean? Oh, Ronan, rather? I have played it. And it was light, and it was inoffensive, and it was not very memorable. Yeah. And if I didn't have more fell games, it would probably be down <laughs> out of the top 30 or something. It's, it was fine, and do you know what? I'd play it again, and that's as good as it was. Mm. I have never played it, but I, I almost feel like I have, because Dan's description, it was garish, and there was triangles in it. Yeah, I feel like I, I can feel was, the experience coming through. It was certainly <laughs> tropical Look, breeze. You, you picked this. I, when you messaged me, I said, "I hope you're not expecting anything in depth." And you Dan, said, "Oh, Dan, you said, oh I can't worry. wait." You said, two and now you're criticising me. It's not right, Sean. <laughs> I'm a guest in your house. <laughs> I have. I, I've never played it, so I, I've never really been tempted to play it. Hey, I wouldn't bother. Look it's pretty it, forgettable, but, as Ronan said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on then. Okay, I'll give it a go. My, I think it's traditional when you do a top ten is to say this is one that could be higher up if I played it more often, and this is one that could be higher up if I played it more often. And it's one I've banged on about loads. It's Fields of All. It's the two-player heavy game or heavy-ish game from Uwe Rosenberg. To me, the one it's most sort of similar to in terms of how you play it will be a Feast of Odin, in that there's a wide open board and there's a uh, there's lots of different potential paths you can go down it plays best once you've played the game a couple of times and you can choose a path because then you feel like you haven't wasted a load of actions bumbling around at the beginning and you start to get better at the game but but 
there was huge variety in what you can do and you have to react to what the other players doing slightly but there's usually some sort of a workaround what it hasn't got is an annoying scoring system it's got various ways of scoring they're a little bit obtuse they're a little bit removed sometimes from what you feel like you've been doing the whole time it's mostly all about building these special uh, buildings which will upgrade your farm at the end of time but um loads of potential needs lots of plays needs lots of concentration needs two of us to be sitting down and ready to go up three or four hours just to play it and hasn't had that many opportunities but there's no way it's leaving my collection because rachel adores it so that's my number nine fields of all yeah as you know rona i still haven't managed the game but you you preached about this one so much in terms of oh you should definitely get it. i think you'd really like it i thought it was going to be quite high up on your list but um, yeah, I, I think wanna... you would really like it. You <laughs> was the key word in that sentence. I do really like it. I've, there's like the, the rest of the games yeah, ahead yeah. of this are all very good. You know, the, I like enough. these designers. Um, yeah, it's it's something I really want to play. I'm, I'm keeping my eyes open. You can't. It's very hard to buy at the moment. I'm keeping my eyes open in the old maths trades. I always go for it. Uh, haven't managed to get it yet, but maybe one day. You can dream, Sean. You okay, can dream. Okay. Uh, I've not, I've not played it. I know, I know, Mike, my friend Mike, the Pillar Pool. He, he loves it. I think, and I really found the scoring system for. I'll tell you what, Feast for Odin isn't on my list because I really found the scoring system, as you say, I found Feast for Odin a chore, to be honest, an absolute chore. Um, so, so, preach. But oh, okay, that's good because because I'm glad that's not on because I'd have to be rude about it because I, I really don't like that game. But there were elements of it I did like, and 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 so yeah, it's, it sounds of interest. I will consider it. I'll get. I'll play Mike the Pillar Pool's copy. If it's a, just a two-player, isn't it? So back. Oh, an evening with Mike the Pillar Pool playing Fields of Isle, staring into those dreamy eyes of his. Yeah, that's heaven. You you could, you're, you you you're distracted by his. Huge bushy beard these days. He's got a COVID beard, so he's <laughs> oh, that, that, comb that, his beard and rub his feet and yeah. play fields of Isle with him. That re- relaxing Irish lilt that nobody can pick up. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm Irish, but I don't sound Cornish at all. <laughs> he has got lots of lucky charms in his cupboard, though. That's the thing about Mike. That's how. <laughs> that's how you can tell his ethnicity. Oh, big army! Lucky charms. Now, Shanyin, what's your number eight at all? Tartan. Anyway, um, my number eight is Luna by Stefan Feld. So it's the first Feld game on my list. I, When I first made the list, I thought this would be higher. But thinking about it, I don't know what brings it down to fifth, but it's certainly, it, out of the other Feld games, it certainly was an, an obvious choice for the lowest one for me. I still really, really like it. It's a game where you're moving around islands. Uh, each island produces a different resource, and point salad it's a fell game lots of things where you can score your points and uh you're you're reacting to where the moon goddess moves to the the master builder moves to and uh i can't remember what the the baddie dude does uh what it's called but um heretic yeah, or the something, something like, that. like that yeah but it's, it's very you have to be very spatially aware of where you are and how you're going to get to the different islands and yeah it's classic spelled in that it's um point salady and most of these games are, and yeah, I just thoroughly enjoy Luna. It's one of the, uh, it was one of my, one of my favourite games. I'd say it's in my top, it was in my top fifty of all time. Mm. And the new version came out recently from Tasty Minstrel Games, and that was beautiful, re- lovely upgrades. Apart from the coins, which I physically cannot pick up, they're so small. <laughs> they made them in little moon shapes. So the crescent ones are the one, the value one. And I can't pick them up. They are the most useless thing I've ever seen in a board game. 
They're about three inches across only. So, <laughs> yeah. so, um, As well, dexterity game on top. Yeah. I've played Luna, and, I, and I, I've played Luna, and I, re- I remember really, really enjoying it. And the only reason it's not on my list is because I played it so long ago and just once that I, I can't really recall what it's about. But I do know that it was one of my favourite games at the time. I, I remember really, really enjoying it. And I, th- I think I, I, I quite like spatial games when you have to be spatially aware of where things are. And that sounds like right up my street. So I think that's probably why I enjoyed it. I just remember... Was it, is there a spinny thing on the board as well? Obviously spinny not. Thing. No, no. There's not a spinny thing. There's a set of islands island. that like a wave goes oh. around and it, it, you kind of... Puts everyone who's, who's swimming, sweeps them around, and you can move them around again. And then, I remember it, something. Re- have you played Le Granja or Granja or Granja? No, no. Maybe I'm thinking that's of got, Game of Life. That's where that market That's got a spinny from. thing in it. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> it has got a popomatic though. Oh, well, very good. Yeah, yeah. I'm old. Yeah. Why, why aren't there more popomatics in board <laughs> there's games? A, there's, a, there's a micro game of Kaplunk in the middle of it. Oh, <laughs> nice. Nice. I like it. That's where you get caught in the wave. Yeah. Oh, uh, Kaplunk. <laughs> You're shocking me. No bruise in your top 10, and Luna only at number eight. I don't know who you are anymore. It was, yeah, it was tough. It was tough. I thought it would be higher myself. It just shows how much of a failed fanboy you are. That's all I have to say for a <laughs> Well, my, my number eight is um, a, a game that is the, the, the stereotypical couple's choice. Although, again, I've already ever played it with Mike the Pillet Pool, I think. And it's Patchwork. Um, from from our, our Mr. Rosenberg, I think it's a a solid game. I I, I enjoyed playing it. Um, I don't think it stuck out to me at all. I don't think it's worth the accolades everyone gets. I think it was one of the. I'm not, it's not wasn't one of the first games, but it was one of the the the, the first huge games that had a very different um, theme. I think which was appealing to a wider audience than you know, people who like dragons and spaceships. Um, Certainly, the the first from that kind of um, genre, or, or trading in the Mediterranean, or farming, um, that kind of oeuvre of, of, of Euro-y type stuff, and and really the, one of the first ones I've saw with Polyonimos, really. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there were others, but it was the first big one I saw. I could be wrong, um, but yeah, Patchwork. It's all right. That's my review of it. Patchwork is all right. Number eight. I'll tell you why it's better than all right in a little while. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I won't talk about it too much either because it, it may appear later. All right, okay. I, I hope it does because I'd like to know what you think. I'm, I'm, I'm on tenterhooks now. The suspense! <laughs> the suspense! <laughs> it was better than Luna for sure, and trust me, he loves it. Okay, and my number eight is my third Rosenberg game in a row, and it's at the gates of Luyang in which you are planting vegetables in fields, they will grow up, you will harvest them, and then you will sell them in carts or use special powers in order to get enough money to move up a track. And it's a race up the track, but it's a very slow, vegetable-driven race up the track. And as anyone knows me, being driven by vegetables is one of my favourite hobbies. (laughs) And to, to me, it is one of his best games because... It's a puzzle which seems like there's only one way you can go, but every time you see slightly different paths, the timing is slightly different, which cards come out is slightly different, and it's very important what the other players are going for so that you can find your own niche in the market, so it's more interactive than some of his other games. So my number eight is at the gates of Luyang. I really wanted to to like this one. I really wanted to. I just felt... 
Again, it just felt uh, a bit like a, a monotonous plod doing the same things, very slight variations of the same things. I felt the customers and the what have you were a little bit luck driven. And I just, I started to actively dislike playing this game. So yeah, it, it got, I think at the time, even when we reviewed it, it got a very negative review from me and it hasn't improved with time. So I, I just don't like the game at all in any way, shape or form. No, it's one of Matthew Jude's favourites. Is the Gates of Loang? It, it is. He loves it. He, he loves, loves it. it. And I played it with him, and I couldn't quite see what he loved about it. Now, granted, it was a, this is another one of my I've played it once type thing, but I just found it quite ponderous. Really, yeah. I, I just wasn't wasn't feeling it. wasn't feeling it. it. It felt like a Euro rather than one of the greatest Euros of all time um, to me. I did like the radishes. Uh, and turnips. Were there turnips? Are there turnips in it? Turnip meeples? Parsnips. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They're all di- there's about seven different Seven different vegetable vegetables, meeples. most of them root vegetables, which, you know, <laughs> we, all, we can all agree that's a good thing. A uh, winner all by itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. There should be more root vegetables in games. But, um, but um, no, I, I thought it was all right. It didn't make my list. Understood. Right, Sean, on to your number seven. <laughs> Well, number seven, which is probably... I, I, this is the one I think is going to upset you the most, Ronan. It is Agricola. Now, for, for a long, long time, Agricola sat atop of the Board Game Geek ratings. Uh, for me, it's okay. It's good. It's a good game. It never reached the heights that it did for some people. Like it, the, It's known in the community as Misery Farm for a reason, because it can be quite... Uh, <laughs> Not in the community. Not in the community. Buy, buy some gobshites. Not, not in the community. <laughs> it, it can be like a, a bit of a, a slog through things. It's a, it's a long old game. It can be a bit dark sometimes. And I think a, another game that will be higher on my list did it better and more enjoyably. So for me... It didn't. It didn't. It's the idiot. You've never played it. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll get there. It's fine. I'll diss you then. <laughs> Mr. Uninformed, as you told me the other day I was. <laughs> you were. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I really like Agricola. Like, this is the point. Like, Luna Upwards is the game. All of them I really, really like. And But Agricola, I just, yeah, it just didn't leave me with a good taste in my mouth. I think you have to also play Agricola with somebody of a similar level mm-hmm. because you will get absolutely rinsed by somebody who's played it more and is a little bit better than you. So, yeah, I think that that's that's its its downfalls, but it's still a very very good game. Uh, I would comment, but uh, unfortunately, I've been sworn to secrecy um, oh. by by the dictates of this list. <laughs> and I am proud that it's made it into your top ten because a few years ago it wouldn't even have done that when you used to hate it. So I can tell that you're improving as a human being, <laughs> and that I hold out hope that even as you enter into your forty sixth year. We still can get you to a decent functioning member of society. You know, you know how it went into my list. It's because I started playing with someone else other than you. I I understood <laughs> that you had to indeed dumb it down in order for you to have any enjoyment. But you point out your own flaws by all means. Daniel, your number seven. My number seven is a game called Pillars of the Earth Builders Jewel, which is a card game by Stefan Feld. Um, which again I've played. In fact, most of these games I've only ever played with Mike the Pillar Pool. A two-player card game, which is a, a little niche all of its own. Um, nice and small. 
I just really enjoyed it. I, it felt things clicked for me. There were, you know, you, you had to do things to get other things to a little, not an engine, but kind of progression type stuff. No point salad rubbish over here in Builder's Jewel, and quite a bit of interaction really, which 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 often happens in these two player games, even even because because it's just so intimate. So. Um, Pillars of the Earth Builder's Jewel, I think, is a very solid number seven. This, this is where we start getting to games that I remember really, really liking, but can't quite remember what they're about. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the vagity of my uh, description. I really should have looked it up beforehand. I, I feel like I'm kicking a puppy here because it's nice to hear you actually start talking about games that you like. It's just unfortunate you've chosen a horrible game no. to do. Rubbish. Builder's <laughs> Jewel is bad. Oh, man, it was just... Dull and uh, just itsy bitsy, inky winky, tiny little move for tiny. Move. Oh, I managed to get one bit of wood, so yeah. I get one the point for this round. Wood and yeah. stone and wood, stone and things like that. You don't get that in Euros very often. Yeah. It's, a, it's a unique <laughs> concept. Good game, Builder's Jewel. Bad game. Oh, I enjoyed okay, it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I completely wrote it off because I, I didn't until we were doing this list. I didn't even know it was a Stefan Felt game. And I just thought it was a poor knockoff of Pillars of the Earth, and I thought I love Pillars of the Earth so much. Why would I want to get the knockoff version? I don't think it's. Good. I don't think it has much to do with Pillars of the Earth. It doesn't. Really. No, no. I realise that now. Uh, I'd, I'd like to give it a go, but yeah, and I'm more inclined to do so now that I know Feld designed it. But yeah, yeah. I always looked at it. In a, I used to see it in mass trades and go, "Yeah, good luck, mate. That's not the proper Pillars of the Earth." So yeah. Well, there was another one that wasn't the proper Pillars of the Earth. It was called the Pillars of the Earth. Oh, there was, yeah, yeah, no, but this you is the one I used one? to see, the Builder's Duel, definitely. The two geezers looking at each other, aren't they? Yeah. Like that. Dueling, yeah. some might say. Dueling! <laughs> Building and dueling, it looks like. <laughs> As a man gets older, his ability to eyebrow duel just exponentially grows. That's true. I can even, I can even ear hair duel these days. Oh, mate, tell me about that. We'll yeah. talk about that off air. How did, how did that happen? When did all that start sprouting out? That's what I... Anyway, go on, carry on. Uh, lunacy. We're running the down. We've got our ear here tangled. No, not good. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Avatar, but the wrong... <laughs> <laughs> we had little, USB intercourse with our ear here. Clumps falling down like rain. <laughs> oh, that's just gorgeous. <laughs> I've got a taste in my mouth now. Okay. <laughs> My number seven is an opportunity for Sean to break out a song that he's going to sing again slightly later. Go on, hit me with Oh, it. what an atmosphere. I love a party, <laughs> I love a party with a happy atmosphere. It's my first feld on this list, and you're about to get hit with a whole run of them. And it's gloriously feldy. It is as felled as I wish to be without going over the top and it not becoming fun anymore. It's point sanity. It's very, very tight in time. He always puts obstacles in the way. He says, here's what you've got to do. Here's why it's hard. In this case, it's time, which is really actions. And also you have to program robots. And every time you choose which path your robot's going up in order to take actions, you're setting the path for the rest of the round as to what you can do. And as ever felt, there are clever ways around it, but there's very limited clever ways around it. So there's a path, there's a secondary path, and it's working it all out and making it all fit within the time given to you while being attacked by octopods. And it's just right there on the brink. Uh, we're going to review a game shortly that I just went over the edge for me, but this is this is peak Feldy points added nonsense, but still good. It's Aquasphere. 
it will it will feature later for me but the big question is i would if you'd have asked me without doing any research and thinking about it properly what was my favorite fell game before we did this list it would have been aquasphere so let's see where it comes on the old list Oh, you tease. He's so good at this, isn't he? So good at Thank building you. the tension. I've never I, played know, it. I know. I've never played it. It looks far <laughs> too complicated for me, this game. I remember looking, watching a Rado Runs Through video of it and I thought, nope, pass, too complicated. Uh, it Next. is a headache, massive headache. Yeah. I couldn't imagine Rado Runs Through making a game seem any more complicated than it is by uh, <laughs> taking actions and then pulling them back and taking them again and then four turns later realising he right. shouldn't have done that and then trying you, to rewind You leave it. him alone, you bully. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Aquasphere is my number seven. <laughs> sure, your number six. So my number six uh, featured earlier on Mr. Hughes's list. Oh, yeah. And that is Patchwork uh, by Uwe Rosenberg. I just thought when this, when I first played this, I thought it was just so clever. So simple, but so clever. And I, la- I lapped it up. I bought it. I myself and Nat played it loads. And we just really enjoyed it. We even got the app. And maybe to a certain degree, the app sort of took away from our yeah. from our physical plays of the game. Never play the but, app. Yeah, got got loads loads of enjoyment out of it. I think there's a brand new game that we're going to be talking about very soon on the on the podcast that has actually taken its place for me. We'll, we'll wait until the next Ooh. episode. Is it I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well. Well. Um, I. I've not. I've already talked about Patchwork. I've played it, and I've already talked about it. So, yeah, I think it's all right. I think it's all right. The whole thing about is it the first game of Polyominoes? It definitely, definitely isn't, because you piqued my interest. I was looking up. Yeah, no, I I was, like, thinking of years and years. Blockus. Antiquity, with all the many, many beige ones. (laughs) Um, I always have to have a laugh at Antiquity, right? (laughs) Right, Dan, just, just for your knowledge, Dan... Ronan, Ronan recently had a game sale, but he bought Antiquity in Essen shortly before the game sale. And if you've ever seen Antiquity, it's full of tiny, tiny little cardboard bits that, as Ronan found out, when, when you do punch them all, they actually fill the rather large box right to the brim <laughs> of tiny little cardboard pieces. All beige, or with just names written on them in really small black writing that's hard to read. And that's the way he sold it. <laughs> I, just, I just had visions of the poor sub that, <laughs> that got that in the post. I was like, <gasps> what? I once, I once sold a copy of uh, Super Dungeon Explore or something like that anyway. Uh, no, it was Arcadia Quest. Um, and I'd, my daughter, uh, Cora, had painted all the minis, a lot of the minis. And so I stripped them all down with, um, with uh, TCP, uh, which is how you get rid of paint and stuff. Scrubbed them all off. I did a really good job. But... I wrapped the box in cling film because, my goodness, did that box smell of TCP. <laughs> <laughs> I sold it for very cheap. I sold it for 30 quid. It's like a, it, it, there was like 80 quid's worth of stuff there. But, yeah, it's going to take a while to, to uh, de- defume that box. In fairness, they never got an infection in cuts on their fingers again. So, you know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just, just very Close quickly, I sold a copy of the original Mansions of Madness, uh, the broken version, as it was then. And I had painted this sort of big, sort of worm, dune-like worm thing coming out of the ground. I'm aware And of it, I yes. did say to the person I painted it, but I think it's of a reasonable quality. And yeah. I sent it off. I did. I said, like, it's painted, do what you want with it. And I got a message back saying, yeah, the game's great, you're painting shit. 
<laughs> Never a truer word said. Um, I, I just wanted to be boring and talk about two more Polyomino games. Yeah. Cleopatra and the Society of the Architects, Sean, which you recently got the Kickstarter off. Oh, it's Polyominoes, isn't it? Uh, it does, yeah. It does have Polyominoes on and Cleopatra's Garden, yes. Yeah, that's 2006. And Amerigo, which I know we've both played. It might be on your list, I don't know. But yeah, so I, when I think in my head, Patchwork, I think that's one of the first Polyomino games. There's, there's literally 30 years of them. Yeah, but I think it's the one that started the big trend that yeah, hasn't yeah, stopped absolutely. Yet, really, no, it definitely kicked it off. You're right. I just it was for my own thinking that I was like, yeah, yeah, it was the f-. no, no, nowhere close. Anyway, we can move on now. I've I've, okay, I've gone down. I forgot where we are though. To be honest, what did you just uh, say? Number we are six, on I think. number six. My number six is probably one that that I'm guessing you two will think is vastly inferior to Patchwork, but it's got a special uh, place in my heart, and that's Cottage Garden. Um, because number one, I like imagining I'm in like an Agatha Christie esque village green cottage garden manufacturing business uh, where I go around and, and murder people and do all their their uh, petunias. And and number two, it's a game. It's a game that I don't know quite where I was going with that. It's a game that me and my son used to play quite a lot together, um, and he used to really really enjoy it. I like the cross referencing grid type thing. I like the 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 way the way what you can choose. You can you can you can plan ahead, but other people can steal things. There's a bit of interactivity there, with, without it being too vicious. I really like the art. I think the art's beautiful. I just really enjoy Cottage Garden. I don't own it anymore. I sold it on, but for a while, Cottage Garden was one of my most played games. Probably mainly because I played it a lot with my son. But I, I really really enjoy Cottage Garden. And my copy of Cottage Garden was handed to me at Essen by Mr. Rosenberg himself as I bought it from his stall. So which was quite cool. Oh yeah, friend to the stars. <laughs> well, it, it's yeah. decent. It's yeah. a decent game. I'd happily play it. It was probably a bit too nice for me. I'm not yeah. a nice person. It's a it's yeah. a it's a very nice game. Basically, it's a relaxing game. It's a, yeah. it's a Sunday afternoon in front of the TV with Miss Marple on the television. Uh, game is my is my view. Understood, and that's why it didn't suit me. <laughs> yeah, because you're mean. <laughs> <laughs> Again, yeah, I, I, it was okay. Uh, I think the scoring was a bit weird in Cottage Garden for me. I can't remember why. I only played it. The, the, the weird times. last final round scoring type business. It was all sorts of weirdness yeah, going on with think, the score. Yeah, I think. I think that was it but yeah it's fine I'd, I'd play it again you, you're right about the art it's a sort of very homely art isn't it very comforting yeah um so but yeah it's fine but uh yeah i can take it or leave it okay my number six is the direct opposite of homely and comforting and relaxing gaming it is very early failed it's in the year of the dragon which was elegant and incredibly tight and quick playing and it's an hour long and the game is just trying to kill you literally mm. trying to kill your characters by disease and famine and war and you're having to deal with all this over 12 months of a year while still trying to put on firework displays and feed everyone and build up your palace and the theme means absolutely nothing but in terms of gameplay it's it's something that i wish feld had explored more is trying to do more with less. It, it is almost an old school Euro whereby it's 60 minutes. Here's the narrow setup, but there's plenty you can do within here. And again, kind of always comes back games that I like. What the other players do greatly, greatly affects what you can do. And you have to play the other players around the table. You can't just put your head down and, and do your own thing. So 
in the year of the dragon it's also got a really good valued again now we're talking about it a board game arena implementation which is free to play and and really easy to play and teach you the game and i really love it and it is really an area i wish he would go back to rosenberg tends to flit around in his designs i know he's got to be obsessed with polyominoes here new york zoo's got them in again and all that um feld or it tends to still be not one note but maybe one what would you call it octave whereas rosenberg goes up and down like mariah carey mm. uh, and also in design <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I think edit some laughs in there, Roland. Edit some laughs in there. Yeah, it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, yeah. I get nothing out of Sean. He's take, dead to me. Take one of Sean's laughs when I make a joke and move it to yours, so it sounds like. Oh, you, you, okay. You, you, if yeah. I've got time to search for one. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. It sounds too mean for me, Roland. I, I'd like to give it a go, uh, but I think I spoke to Rachel about it, and there was a game where she made an early mistake and she was effectively ruled out for the whole rest of the game because she made a bad error. And I'm not sure if it's for me, but I'd certainly like to give it a go. Yeah, I don't think it would suit me at all. I I, I get quite angry when the game designer decides he wants to play as well. Um, That that happens with Snowdonia um, when when Tony Boydell decides he wants to have a go. And so uh, he ends up beating you. um, On I can't imagine Tony Boydell upsetting anyone. (laughs) (laughs) But but yeah, when when a game designer decides they want to play as well and they're going to beat you, and and so you're fighting against the game and it's not cooperative, you're just just struggling to gasp for air as the, the tidal wave... Washes over you. Um, I know. I, I prefer a bit more. Um, I prefer to feel a bit more powerful in my board games, as I don't feel powerful anywhere else. I do understand that. Well, maybe not all of it. Expect that end <laughs> yeah. little kicker. Okay. <laughs> what I'll say is that you see exactly what's going to happen in the game. It's all laid out. There's no surprises. So there's never a flip of a card or a roll of dice that all of a sudden goes, ah, ha, 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 mm-hmm. that's when they're taken off you. It's all laid out, and then you are plotting your own path through it, but it's the other players who will fool you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what Rachel did, yeah, it's a famous game around here, but she only was only sitting there for 25 minutes, and she could still do a couple of bits, but she knew she was spiralling into literally nothingness. She had nothing left at the end of the game. Yeah. Bless her. But she could see exactly where she went wrong, and she could have seen it coming, and it was her own mistakes that led to it which I think feels better than the whole, here's a card, you've lost everything you've got, no, those guys over there are okay. So there you go. Anyway, we're into our top five. These should all be amazing, Dan, amazing games. Mine are thoroughly, thoroughly, you know, reasonable. <laughs> yeah. Good, reasonable. Okay. That's no. From you, that's pretty good. That's, oh, that's, yeah. That's high, I don't even like board praise. games, Rodan. I don't even like them. <laughs> my, my top five, honestly... On a on a different in a different month or a different year, they could be completely different. But at the moment, my number five is Castles of Burgundy, by Stefan Feld. Arguably, his most famous and my, I think most people uh, it would say it's his best game. I think it, it goes up and down for me. Uh, at the moment, it's sitting at, at number five in in this top ten list. I think what this starts the the trend that this that this starts for me with the rest of my Feld games is. He gets that one sort of mechanism or sort of one something slightly different and does and, and builds the game around around it. And this one is the is the rolling of the dice and using those dice in in different ways. And it's a very clever game. You can you end up with something in front of you that you've put together, you've built. I always like that in games. Mm-hmm. And it is a, it's a, it's a brilliant game. It's a, it's an absolute fantastic game, and I love it. And as I said, on a different day, it could have been number one. But uh, yeah, Castles of Burgundy, my 
my number five. It's a belter. It's a belter, and it and it does what a lot of games don't do well. Don't do it for me. It does what the best games do, which is make you feel clever when you go boom, 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 and do that, do that, do that, and pa pow, and I've won. You know, I've got twenty points, and you go hooray. Um, but I'm not saying anything more about it for reasons I shall keep to myself. I've never seen Dan use hand drive when playing a game, and now I have to play Castles of Burgundy with him because that's literally what he was just doing. <laughs> I was, I was hand driving. <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost had <laughs> jazzy hands there. I never, <laughs> I never play Castle Burgundy unless Jive Bunny and the Master Mixers are on in the background, and then come on, everybody! <laughs> I've nothing else to say. Dan, what's your number five? <laughs> My number five is Agricola. Um, the uh, misery farm, as 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 Ronan says, those uh, those gobshites, um, they're people who only play games once, and that's why they find it misery farm because you can <laughs> you can very much avoid the misery in misery farm. I'd say, as long as you know it's coming, you, you, you as, as you said with the year of the dragon, uh, you know it's it's coming. You know it's coming. You just you just plan for it. For goodness sake, I've I've really enjoyed um, Agricola, and um, I've not really played with many of the expansions or anything like that. I probably, to be honest, I probably would would probably only play the family version uh, as normal. But, but I think it's a really solid game. One of the first heavier games I ever played. I think you're right. I think you need to be playing with people on the same level as you, which is which is fine. Uh, I just I just think it's a fantastic, elegant, well thought out classic for a reason game. I think it's great. I was okay at it, and then they started doing competitions at London on board, mm-hmm. and the competitions were to the standard where the people who were in the final of those would be in the final of the national, and, and stuff like that, and like you know the, the four finalists would be in the top six in the country. Like it got really, really good, and they wanted to play practice games, obviously, and so I played with them a few times, and I can understand someone coming to the game and not knowing, and then playing with people who played it a lot, and just getting destroyed and going, "Oh my goodness, what is this about?" What I have found when I play with new people, not Sean because I don't like him, but other new people, mm-hmm. or when I played in, with those players who were a lot better than me, is that I enjoyed the process of learning and some of them enjoyed the process of learning of me as well. And it can be more of a, a collaborative experience that you don't have to play a Greco completely death row. You know, if I was the best player at the table or the most experienced player at the table, I would play easier and try something different and help people. And then it can all be really fun because... There's no use making people stumble through it and fight through it, and I don't really understand, and I'm dying, I'm losing. Well, then you're playing too hard, aren't you? You know, mm. if these if all these people have played once and I've played thirty times, why am I gonna? You know, just point out to them. Look, it might be an idea to do that. It's up to you if you've got another plan, but this this could be a good idea, and I think you can make it more fun for them, but not sure. <laughs> Isn't that true? Yeah, as you know, I, I think Agricola uh, is a, a, a fine game. Um, was my number seven, so yeah, good choice, Dan. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, lovely. This is number five. Is where Sean and I part felled ways oh. as we part the waters at the bidding of Zeus, <laughs> and I go sailing around looking for the Oracle of Delphi. <laughs> I said about Aquasphere that it was like as far felled as I want to go in terms of point salad, and I said in the Year of the Dragon it is is simplest one that I really enjoy, and for me Oracle of Delphi is right in the middle. And it is also one of the ones that branches furthest from his usual formula because it is not a constant round churn to score points, score points, score points. It is an actual race. It is very interactive. It is both punishing and forgiving, but in the 
forgiving you're giving stuff up you're slowing yourself down so you can always find ways of doing things but at the risk of what you're doing in lots of Oracle Delphi because you're sailing around and you're trying to do different tasks for zoos there's 12 things to do by uh, by getting statues to where they need to be and fighting monsters and what have you you'll gradually get more and more powerful which something Dan mentioned before there's lots of progression and you're also kind of saving up the big moves so at the end you can really strike and do things but you'll be saving them up slower if you need to work your way around but you can never get completely stuck and it always i'm always there going there's a, there's an easy path there's a, a harder path that would save me a bit and then there's a really hard path to work out here which will save me the stuff that i'm going to need to make the killer moves right towards the end when everything's a lot more difficult and the race nature of it although i'm sure someone who knows game design like Dan, an expert designer like Dan, would tell yeah. me the maths behind it is the same as a point salad. I don't care. Well, Ronan, the maths behind it is the same as a point salad. So, Thanks, Dan. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you get the experts in, you may as well listen to their this advice. Is, this right? is why That's we brought him in. This is yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, the, the in-depth <laughs> insider knowledge. Yeah, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I, only for games. Rosenberg would handed me a copy of Cottage Garden, you know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so did, I'm, didn't I'm... your copy of Aquasphere get signed by Stefan Feld, right? Did it? Yeah, I got it signed for you. Come on. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Sean. I totally remembered that. <laughs> thanks. Do I have to pull out my Seven Wonders story again? Because I haven't said it for like two months. <laughs> Dad, have you heard my amazing Seven Wonders story? I haven't, no. I so I, I walked into my first ever Essen in 2010 when Seven Wonders came out and I was by myself. I hadn't met my people because I was arriving a day late and I walked straight into the Seven Wonders store and it was massive and it was, you know what Essen's like when the first time you mm-hmm. walk in. Yeah. Complete culture shock, completely overwhelmed and I was like, I don't know, where am I starting here? This is crazy. I ended up walking around with literally a six foot bag full of games strapped to my back, by the way, in about an hour and a half. That's how excited I got. But I walked first game, I said, oh, I pre-ordered that. I walked up, Seven Wonders. I hadn't been in the gaming sort of wider community, so I didn't really know, you know, how things worked. So I paid, I said, yeah, I've paid for this. I showed him my thing. He went, yeah, here you go. Instead of handing it to me, he handed it to some scruffy geezer with a ponytail. <laughs> who split, split the plastic on it, opened it up and started right. I was like, oh, hey, what are you doing? Of course, it was Antoine Bowser, but I didn't yeah, yeah, know that. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't <laughs> got in a rap with Antoine Bowser in my first five minutes at Essence. I always remember picking you up from the airport. That was an interesting experience. <laughs> How many bags did uh, he throw? He, he came out like, with two massive suitcases, wheeled them out to the car. I thought, what the hell was in them? And then he went back in to get another two. <laughs> <laughs> I, I came home, and I know this is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I literally feel bad about it. I had over 90 games. Wow. That I bought in three days. I went ballistic. Yeah. Absolutely ballistic. But anyway. And how many of those you still got then, Ronan? It, uh, no, yeah. Two. No, very yeah. few. Very few. <laughs> still got seven wonders. Yeah. Anyway, Oracle of Delphi, yeah, it is where we split ways. I found it. One of the reasons the Ronan likes it is it doesn't. It's the least sort of Feldian. Type of game. There is little elements of Feld in there, but definitely the race aspect didn't feel very Feldy to me. I found it really frustrating, and there came a point where you did the maths, kind of way be- well, not way before the end, but before the end to a certain degree, you could see who was going to win, and it kind of felt like a bit. It fell a bit flat. Well, there's nothing I can do. Ronan in his next two goes is going to get that and that, and he's going to win the game, and there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, my own fault because I haven't planned my game, but still, it just fell a bit flat for me and I, I didn't particularly enjoy it. Well, I'm not going to say anything about the Oracle of Delphi. Oh! 
Got another there fan. Yeah. You say you like you know two or three goes out from the end. Goes are literally a minute long each. Yeah, You're talking well, about five. Or th- like people complain about that two hours out from the end of the game. I understand. People complain about it five or ten minutes out from the end of the game. I'm like, uh, it's a race. And you sit down with me at the table, you know I'm going to win anyway. You might as well. Well, look naturally, right. Dan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Naturally. Once you've punched it all out and got yourself knackered out, right? Yeah. Because yeah. that's, that's how you play all games, <laughs> brand new. You refuse to touch a game that's been touched by anyone else. It's it's the way I am. It's the way I am. <laughs> it's I, just I, I need everything, everything in my life needs to be pristine. <laughs> anyway, Owada Naquosphere is my number four. And oh, it, you it, little teaser. Oh, there you go. What, Look at said, you, I, tweaking I it things. it my number one, but it wasn't. So, yeah, I love love Aquasphere. I, the unique thing about Aquasphere in terms of like failed games is the programming aspect. Uh, you, have to be, you can't do everything with your, your programming robot, and that's kind of the linchpin that it all sort of hinges on. So, and yeah, just a very clever game where... It's probably one of the deeper felt games. You really are struggling and scratching your head. Or how do I get the best out of this? But yeah, as Ronnie said earlier, it, it's just a very, very good game. And right at the the far end of the depth spectrum for Feld. Sounds like I probably should play this, but let's face it, I never will. <laughs> <laughs> we might drag you into a game of it if we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Games. Ne- ne- next, next aircon. In 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 twenty twenty five, yeah. <laughs> what was what was the game we played at Gearstones, Dan? That you had to go and have a little sit down after. It was well, most of them really. When I played with you, the stench was overwhelming. But um, well, no, true, it, true. It, it was it was that. Um, well, Natalie well, won it. It was that La Stanza, was it? Yeah, the one where you go round and. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did my. It, it was fantastic, but it was. But it, it my. I could smell my uh, ear hair burning. <laughs> it wasn't long, or I, that's the kind of game where like, it wasn't that long or that complex. But there was so much to think about in each yeah, move. Yeah, yeah. There were so many connotations. It that, was really, yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah. Really good. I really enjoyed it. Pity about the presentation because yeah. Anyway, ah, I've seen worse. Is it my number four now? It yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My number four is Agricola. All creatures big and small, and that comes above uh, Agricola for me because I I do tend towards the lighter game rather than the heavier game these days. Although, ask me in another six months and I'll change my mind. Um, I've, I've had some really nice times with this one. Just just me and a friend on a coffee table, sitting sitting opposite each other, making our little farms, building our little fences, putting our little cows in, and things like that. It does a good job of of giving a very pared down Agricola experience it doesn't feel as punishing as agricola um, and it's obviously not as heavy um but i really enjoy it i really enjoy it. i think it's a lovely little two-player game and and it, I, I like i tend to really like games that are designed for two players because they, they're always quite tight and quite uh i don't know elegant i suppose is is one i'm coming for so so agricola and also i like james herriot and it and uh, it reminds me of james herriot <laughs> so agricola all creatures big and small I was trying to remember the music to hum it there, but I can't. <laughs> I actually just wanted you to do that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I can go and stick my hand up a sheep's bum now if you want. I'm, I'm happy to do that for you. Only a sheep's? Okay. Of, Must well, be that's weak. all we've got round here, unfortunately. We're not like you Southerners. We're your cows. No, we have to do with sheep, Ronan. <laughs> We have to do with sheep. We have giant crocodiles in our sewer system yeah, and all sorts exactly, of things. Yeah. Madness yeah. down here. 
like a safari just going out to Greg's. This would be my sixth Uwe Rosenberg game. I do enjoy it a fair amount. I think it needs the expansions after a, a, a not that many plays mm. um, for me, but that might also be because I played a lot of Agricola. Mm -hmm. So therefore, a lot of it was very familiar, which which sets, tells its own tale, that it was its own game, but very familiar to Agricola, um, had its own thing going on. You couldn't play it in exactly the same fashion. The strategy could be the same, but, but not that far off it. So I enjoyed it a lot. At the end of the day, I did find myself thinking, why don't I just play two-player Agricola? Because Rachel and I are very familiar with the game, we could just bash that out quickly. Um, and, and have, uh, to me, a better experience in not that much longer a time frame. So mm -hmm. it just, but I can understand why people would very much enjoy this one. And like I say, probably my sixth Rosenberg game. I haven't actually managed a game of it. I do own it because I found it in a uh, in a uh, charity charity shop for oh, two good. pounds and 99 pence what a bargain bargain what, what a bargain, bargain. <laughs> danny's paying those prices i will pay them prices <laughs> so i uh, yeah maybe it's it's my pathway back into agricola i kind of i think agricola is one of those games where you, you put it down you don't play it for a while it's can you be bothered learning it again mm -hmm. so this might be a, a gentle progression into it so i think yeah it, it may well come off the shelf Okay, so my number four is, I'm guessing it's not on Dan's, and we've already heard it on Sean's, and it's Luna. And this is, I'm going to say, the game, alongside the next Feld game, I'm going to mention the two games made me fall in love with Feld and made me really start exploring his back catalogue um, and getting this depth of having played so many of his games. It's almost lures you in because it's very even the basic version i've got from 2010 very nice to look at beautiful components uh, to me i find the theme quite relaxing that you're just going around collecting your components it, the whole aesthetic of the moon goddess is i know i like it for whatever reason that it just it drives with me and so you play it and you score i don't know three points or something and you go crikey i don't know how i'd score more points than that and then you oh i could have hmm Oh, if I move them... Okay, let me play it again. Oh, I've scored eight points. Let me play it again. Oh, I've scored 15 points. And the way that you can start to unlock the puzzle that's in there and how to move around more efficiently and how to deal with the the way the three different characters are moving around the island. So I can't be there next turn, but I need to get one of those. Where else can I get one of those from? And it, it is very much a puzzle each time. Now, what I really like about it is that there is a recommended setup, which 95% of all players have ever been by anyone in the whole world have been on that recommended setup because you can play that 10 times and then you really get the rhythm and it really feels like a rhythmic game the movement is rhythmical how you you tie out your work is rhythmical the way that the the different three different figures move separately the way that you move into temple and going early scores you more points but will take a worker away is all very rhythmic there's a real ebb and flow to it but you'll play 10 games and then you'll get the flow of that and then you just mix the islands around and then all the figures moved around, and because they don't move the same amount as each other, all of the rhythm is changed. And then you're like, wow, this setup I can play another five times. And I don't have to change it again, and I have to learn the rhythm of this particular version. And that's why it has such longevity for me, and I just really find it to be uh, really, really tickles the brain, but soothes the brain at the same time. So there you go, Luna. Do you like it, Ronan? 
I do like it a lot, oh. mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is only number four. Wait, you wait for the next three. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. Now. As you, as you know, it, it was my number eight. Yeah, yeah. And, and a different given day could be in a bit higher. I really like Luna. I, I do remember the very first game I played with you, Ronan. It must be a good sort of nine, ten years ago now. And it had only just come out, and you introduced it to me, and it just blew my mind. I didn't know what I was doing. I found it really off-putting. I found it really confusing. And it was only much later I came back to it. In fact, Matthew Jude, uh, it's another one of his favourites. He brought it round for us to play. And I realised, actually, it really is a great game. So I I saw the light finally with Luna, but it took a while. Mm. I I obviously need to play it again because I remember loving it and... Your two praises of it, you know, I, I need to get it get it played again. I'll, I'll find someone who's got it. Um, Dan, we spend half of our life saying we need to get it played again. It's one well, of those games that you're like, oh, yeah, and, and considering I haven't played a game in a year other than with oh. my kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are lucky. I get to see him and I have Ellie, I have Rachel, so. Yeah. And I've really, like during lockdown and summer, I really just fell out games a bit, whatever. Man, I've been really into the last couple of months. Oh, this cool. flood of new games that have got like buzz around them has really pulled me back in to be like, oh, we got some good reviews coming up, man. Some good games have come out recently. Mm, like CoraQuest. Like CoraQuest, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I tell a lie, actually, because I have played some games with my 14-year-old son. I played I played Glenmore, which is wonderful, and Wingspan, which he's really enjoyed. He really likes as well, and I think it's all right. So, right. Um, so yeah. Roman's I'm, got I'm a like problem lying. with Glenmore. Hmm? I've got what? You got a problem with Glenmore? <laughs> Glenmore two, it's Glenmore yeah. two. Why, what What's is your it? problem, Ronan? What is my problem with it? Your theme, the theme. Ah, uh, yeah. Scottish Scottish people and whiskey. <laughs> it's just the whole like every game that's set in Scotland has got to have whiskey and sheep and grain yeah, yeah. in it and all that. And that's not a problem. I'm not saying like you know a problem with it. It's just for me, I can't get into it. This it's a me problem. I just, for some reason, it just, there's a block here. I quite like Glenmore too. I didn't love it, but I quite liked it. And Wingspan is, it's, it's, Wingspan is what Wingspan is. A very good game in that genre. Solid. That. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not exceptional, but it's solid. But, um, but I, re- I really like Glenmore too. But exceptional that, for that weight and presentation and for the, what it's the, trying to be, it's amazing. Wingspan. The presentation takes it up a couple of points, doesn't it, ultimately? Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. That's, and it's not just presentation, it's easy, you know, the fact that all those components are ease of play. Yeah. yeah, yeah they help yeah. you play the game, and that's, yeah. yeah. Right, um, they're brilliant. I mean, yeah, in our in our Feld and Rosenberg game, so number two for Dan is Wingspan. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like the linen rule book though. It makes me my skin crawl every time. I yeah, you're it. a weirdo. You're just a weirdo on that one. Why yeah. everyone likes linen? Why aren't books printed on linen paper then? All of mine are on vellum or linen. Vellum like, or linen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, Ronan right likes human skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's oh, well, people won't play chaos in the old world because it's supposed to be human skin board. Yeah, yeah. Some, like, some people don't. So, well, actually, so I, th- I think it's been. I think it's a bit, bit apocryphal, really. I, th- I think people have said, oh, "I'm not really keen on that bit," and then now they're accused of being religious fanatics. But anyway, oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I did. Have, I, 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 I had someone mention it. Yeah. Anyway, a long time ago. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Sean, you're number three. Anyway, my number three. Uh, if you're if you're counting back, it is the top of my Uwe Rosenberg games. And it is Caverna. So, 
Caverna, for me, just goes the extra mile from Agricola. Very similar mechanics and what have you. I prefer the theme. I think it does everything with a, a slightly lighter touch. I think there's more of an exploration feel about it, which I really like. And it just brings a few extra little t- tweaks. And <laughs> Ro- Ro- Ronan's making some rather rude signs to me on the on the camera as we, as we speak. But yeah, at Caverna, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed my plays of Caverna and it's yeah it's right up there one of my favorite games of all time I'd say I think it loses most of what makes Agricola good I think the 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 thing that makes Agricola good is the tightness and I think Caverna loses that tightness makes it into a sprawling mess which Feast for Odin only goes further to to do and um I was surprised how little I enjoyed it compared to how much I enjoyed Agricola. I found there was too many options. It was like being at the um, being at a deli counter in America where you don't know what sandwich you want. And they're telling you fifty different types of bread. I mean, it wasn't quite as bad as Feast for Odin, which is that's my main criticism of that. But I just think the tightness of Agricola is is where the beauty is, and I think Caverna loses that. And I just don't think I don't think it survives it. I like being able to sort of go down a completely different route and. Feeling a little freer to, to 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 do what I want to do in the game. Yeah, and generally I'd agree with you, but I just think for that particular board game system, I think the tightness is what makes it beautiful. Fair enough, fair enough. Ronan, why am I wrong? I don't know, I've never played it. I never will. Yeah, uninformed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I've always said that I'll play it just to be able to make the comparison. It's just everything that Dan has said jives with everything I've ever heard about it and I agree 100% with what Dan's just said having never played it which I understand that's an uninformed opinion well I've never played it either (laughs) 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 who's fouled Um, but it's that that makes me reluctant to that if I've got two or three hours I'll just play a game that I think I'll like rather than the game that I'm going to feel to me it's going to feel like a game I love with its soul stripped out of it but that's uninformed, Sean. Wow. I'll leave you wow. to your misery, Fab. Yeah. My number three, just to try and break the tension here, because these two, are, <laughs> these two, I think we're on the verge of a, of a, of a breakup here. Um, my number t- three is my highest uh, Rosenberg game, oh. and it's Bonanza, um, probably the least Rosenberg game of them all. He's the one he, he first, uh, massively successful first one, a very small card game with a very interesting mechanic where you're not allowed to rearrange your your hand and you have to play the cards as they came out to you and things like that a lot of trading a lot of it's a hoot and holler game if you play with the right people and that's the kind of games that i I really enjoy when you're all laughing and joking but yeah i I really enjoy i haven't played it for a long time it's one of those games we've played out after a while i used to play it very regularly on a on a friday night one of my friends board game nights and then and then i didn't really want to play it again for a while because it had been played out for us but as a game in itself, Bonanza is fantastic. When I came into gaming, the people that I played most often with had played out on this. Right. So they didn't want to play it anymore. And then me trying to sell it to other groups I was with never went over that well. So I always enjoyed playing it. And I just always feel like I never found the right group to play it with mm-hmm. and get them all to understand. I, always, I seem to be teaching it a lot, which is not the best way because you want no. people to know it 
Yeah, 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 and know whether to get an extra field and, and understand the hand management and all the rest of it. And then you get to a stage where I've taught it 10 times, therefore I know, so I'm bored of playing a learning game, mm-hmm. but I haven't got an experienced group to play it with. I couldn't talk them into it. So that's that was the only downfall was it was just circumstance. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think you need a regular group for that game because it's like poker. You you need you, you need a regular group for, for, for poker. You can't be teaching poker every time. Well you could it'd be quite profitable. Actually I might see if I can work that out. <laughs> <laughs> I've only ever played the junior version of it. Uh, James has the junior version and we quite enjoyed it and I think I got the essence of the game and I think I would enjoy it. I've just never got round to playing it. So might be one when we when we finally get to go back to Nottingham to the games cafe down for you to bring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I don't know how to teach it, but some, someone, someone, it's not <laughs> someone will. Someone knows. It's got that. a little leaflet. It's, it's yeah. not. It's not much to teach. No, no. It, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a game that relies on the group. Like all the best games, indeed. Okay, my number three is well was mentioned earlier by everyone. It's patchwork. Mm. Uh, and why was it so up on mine? And I think this is a benefit of circumstance in that Rachel absolutely adores it. She has played the app hundreds of times, if not if not more. And we I've logged 52 physical plays of it, and I'm not an immaculate logger, so I'm gonna, you know, take that as it is. We are at the stage of playing now whereby we are reading ahead a lot. And knowing that if I take this, you're likely to take that, which will leave me with those three, which what can I make out of them? And, and with uh, that sort of, you know, really mapping things out you're together. Like do, 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 playing it in the Matrix. Yeah, 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 a little bit. But it was quite a, a simple game. It's when you're playing people who are playing a complicated game and playing in the Matrix, it's scary. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you've done that, you've done that. Yeah. There's two mates of mine start playing X-Wing. And then they got really good at X-Wing. They're like nationals. And now whenever they play Euros, they literally map everything out in their head. They got so good at strategy that they're like, oh yeah, you'll take that, you'll take that. I'll leave me four points. If I do that and turn that around here, you'll never get that from over there. So therefore, I make this move. I know what's going to happen in the next 12 moves. You're like, what? What's just happened? Anyway. Sounds like a good way of never getting anyone to play a game with you again. Yeah, me. yeah. You've got to tell them. It, just stop taking it so seriously. There's no money or... Or special cards on, on sale here. Just <laughs> exactly. play the game. It's fine. Or Wedge Antilles variants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've seen my wish list. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's a it's a personal hit for us. And I know board game barrage. I'm way behind the podcast, but they were doing games. They you know the thing where they I don't know if you do listen, but they they stick 16 games into the mixer and then they comparison them and then they end up with a list. And they were doing um, comfort board games. Games that if you just put it out, it's your comfort game. And Patchwork is, for us, the comfort board game. Mm-hmm. If we're tired, if we're stressed, if there's been a lot going on, but we fancy a game, we'll go to Patchwork. Pull it out, because we're without even having to talk, we're into it. We're straight away playing. And the competitiveness is fun between us. And it's a laugh. And one of us will win, one of us will lose, and there's no bother, and we'll move on from there. So Patchwork is an absolute massive, massive hit for us. I am never, ever going to play you or Rachel ever again at that game. I made the mistake of playing Rachel. I probably played it three times in my life, and I kind of forgotten the rules, and she, she kind of explained them quickly to me. 
and she didn't do that thing where you where you try different things and <laughs> you, you point out to people, no, maybe you should take that one. She's not good at that. She did the, uh, <laughs> oh, well, you were silly, Billy, aren't you? You really should have taken this one because now I'm going to score 3,000 points and you're going to score minus four. <laughs> Sucks to be you. <laughs> And it wasn't. It wasn't pleasant. It wasn't pleasant. I think I ended up on like almost minus points at the end. Oh <laughs> yeah, it's easy to score minus points in it. Easy. Yeah, absolutely rinsed me, and I, I vowed never to play her again at that game. <laughs> this is uh, yeah. I have to concentrate on this one. Um, yeah, I, 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 I like it. It's all right. Right. Good, thanks, Dan. Sure, number two. <laughs> My number two, I think, is uh, also where myself and Ronan uh, part ways in the Feld uh, spectrum. And my number two is Trajan. And again, the, the the catch is the is the driving sort of mechanism behind the game, and that's like the Mancala rondel that you have in Trajan where you're, you're placing the cubes and you, wherever you land on, that's the action you take for the round. And you can also double up the colours to give yourself bonuses. And I just really, really love that me- mechanism. I think the game is tense, it's meaty, but there's a real sense of re- reward. And you can set up repeat actions. So you can set up like massive turns where you do the same action like three times if you if you plan it right. Uh, very much within your control everything and lots of different points to go go and do and yeah it, the theme doesn't really carry through it's supposed to be sort of the emperor trajan and you're going out far afield to conquer new worlds and building up the world new worlds new, <laughs> new countries or lands uh building up uh, the the forum and what have you and um, progressing through the senate and lots of different things happening but i i just love it i think it's it's a really really cool game so you never play the same game twice because you can really concentrate on different things and I, as i said i love at the heart of it is that mancala mechanism mm. i've never played it um, never played it and it's 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 probably a glaring omission on my uh, my board game cv um but but i've never 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 even had the opportunity to play it, i don't think but we shall remedy that mr hughes i love it oh don't 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 um <laughs> this is where we split but there's two reasons why we split and i understand that these might be personal to me and and other people are completely disagree one is the fact that it's six mini games which are completely separate from each other they have no influence on each other and you basically you're choosing three or four of those mini games to play each game and it doesn't make any sense to me as to why you're playing certain ones over the other these fall in your lap secondly and this is definitely a personal thing i find uh mancala in in that one where there's lots of bits that you move around so it can make a huge difference what your moves are like tight mancala i enjoy like um what's the space station one Theseus, I really like it in that. In this, there's lots of things, and you're you're setting the other people up, and I'm terrible at it. I'm terribly, terribly, terribly bad at it. So I find it really, really stressful, and I find that I'm concentrating a lot and putting a lot of input in, and the output is to play a mini game, and I'm not getting enough output from the amount of thought and stress and tears that are going into me trying to work out this mangala. So I'm terrible at the central mechanism, and it doesn't give me enough back to make it worthwhile. You're bad at the game is why you don't like it. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely one of the yeah, reasons. Well, yeah. Yeah, that... <laughs> I think there's a lot of merit in it. I think, I think people do tend to enjoy games a little bit more if you're good at them. Oh, gosh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm, Dan, I'm you're there. number two. My number two is Oracle of Delphi. Um, oh, boo! 
now, 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 this is a game that I haven't. This is this is one of those weird games where I haven't played it very often. But the one game that I did have is so burned in my memory as being so enjoyable that it just has to make make the list this this top this this high. It, it's it's great, as you say. I love the race. It's probably the less least felled one, which is probably why I like it the most. It gives me a purpose. I love the the planning that went into it. I remember I remember trying to think like five or six turns ahead and the planning of it, and that's what I re- I really enjoy that about games. I love that about Zolkin as well. That that using time and and planning ahead as as as, as one of the the aspects within the game. I thought it was fantastic. Although it was a race, there was almost a sandbox nature to the races where you could choose what you do in what order and things like that. I just I just really really enjoy. I won as well. I won. I won as well. First game. <laughs> that is important. And I won. That is important. Um, yeah. And it's just one of those games that, that I won because I think it's one of those games that I'm quite good at. You know, sometimes intrinsically you're quite good at a game. You, you clicks for you. Go, get. I think it's just it's the one Feld made for me is Oracle of Delphi. I really like it. This is where I never quite get Sean as how he enjoys games <laughs> because he loves a Meritrash thematic, you know, sort of pure story games that are mm-hmm. just mechanically shite so much. Because he can just get involved in it and you're all having a laugh and it's part of the story and you roll along with the fun. But when it comes to something that's got any hint of a euro or a mechanism, he wants as little interaction as possible. And he doesn't want story and he doesn't want it. He likes things like Trajan, which make absolutely no sense. Whereas Oracle Adelphi, you think, would be a nice thing where it's a working euro, but you have to roll literally with the roll of the dice and you have to adapt mm-hmm. a little bit. But there's a story going on and there's a race. And if both of you are going for that yellow monster, one of you gets there first, it's like, ah, ha, ha, you got there first. Oh, I better come over here and steal this statue because then it'll stop you from getting it. And you are like heroes who basically were complete dicks going around abusing everyone around them and then being completely selfish and only looking at themselves. And I can feel that story within this Euro to mm-hmm. a very small amount. And this is where Sean's a lunatic and has like two parts of his brain and he won't let the two of them mix together. And he I, doesn't I, I shall it. remind you of a quote, Roland. When I drink whiskey, I drink whiskey. And when I drink waffle, I drink waffle. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting that you likened it to um, Zolkin, Dan, because Ronan despises Zolkin. It, it, it's got nothing mechanically. It just gives me that same itch, where that same that same feeling where I was planning so far ahead and then it all worked out. This definitely goes back to that thing we were just talking about. I am absolutely terrible at Zolkin. Therefore, how can I possibly like it? <laughs> yeah. Right, so we're on to the number ones. So no, we're not. No, Ronan's no, number not. two. No, we've got we've got Ronan's number two. Who's Sorry. running this thing? Sorry, yeah. Dan. Dan, Shocking. come on, Dan. Oh, I, can I? Because I've got I've got I've got some changes. If, 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 if I'm going to be loud, <laughs> first of all, no more of this board game talk. <laughs> you really don't want a podcast of me and Sean sitting around talking about our lives. What'd you do? I ran some trains. What'd you do? Oh, I ran some trains. Oh, hard. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah, COVID, COVID's crap. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's everybody's that's everybody's life at the moment. Yeah, like the trains there you thing. go. Just trains. That's all we do. Um, my number two is the Sublime Castles of Burgundy, which is amazing. It was in the first tranche of board games I played. Uh, it has never been out of the rotation. I, I think it's good at two, three, or four players. 
It's always changing. It always feels difficult, no matter how many times you've played it. You always seem to not quite be able to complete the strategy as you want it to. Therefore, you have to have a couple of, of alternates in case things go wrong. And it's just really, really good. And I know that's terrible commentary, but sometimes you have to just have to turn around and say, that game is incredible, and Castles Burgundy is incredible, and it's my number two. It's a, it's a fantastic game. I will never, ever turn down the game of Castles of Burgundy. I'd say probably the only negative for me, and I know it's not something that bothers you at all, Ronan, is the is just the, the component quality is, is quite rubbish. Even the new version, the artwork was appalling. So they've never quite got that beautiful version that I clamour for. But other than that, it's a, it's a fantastic game, and I've played it loads and loads of times. I know. I have got I've got things to say about the component quality, uh, which I will say later. <laughs> oh, oh, I wonder where he's on Dan's list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What a mystery. <laughs> I like to be enigmatic. I can't work out your number one, Sean. I might be being thick. Uh, no, I couldn't. I, I wouldn't have pegged it. And I had a good think about it. And I thought, you know what? It's the one I've enjoyed the most uh, in the last sort of four or five years. And it's Amerigo from uh, from uh, Mr. Feld. What? I know, I know. It, it, it comes back to that thing. I just get it. It, it just it, 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 gro- it grocks with me. I just... Feel, feel the game and I understand it and I just for that reason I really enjoy it again it's that central mechanism and this one it's a cube tower and I like games like Zolkin where you kind of react into things it's, it's nice to have that so yeah you can plan ahead and plan ahead and that's brilliant but I think with, with the cube tower you're reacting to what drops out of the cube tower and you're making the most of what you get all the time and you've always got and I, it's, it's an overused word, um, way of describing things but it's the theatre of that cube tower and just what's going to come out next lots to do really easy to learn I think the interest is really interesting decisions it's always different because of that cube tower and the way the game set up, sets up you've got the polyominoes there You've got loads of different sort of powers that change the game up for yourself and bring it all together. And I think he does it really well. He brought it all together in a cohesive unit and it just makes sense to me. And I really, really enjoy the game. I think the one negative, and it's the the reason I didn't play this game for a long time after it came out in 2013, I think. It was the year that I first went to Essen and we saw this on the table and it looked appalling. It just looked horrible. And... It took me ages to actually get around to playing it. And once I did, I fell in love with it. So America is my number one. I remember several conversations between us with you going, I really want it, but it looks terrible. We're going, well, just get it and try it. Or let's just try No, it looks so bad, I don't even want to try it. I'm so disappointed in how it looks. Look, there's a free table there. Let's just sit down and play it. No, <laughs> I don't want to play it. It looks that bad. It doesn't look that bad. It looked awful on the table. But yeah, I, I was wrong. I should have played it because I'd have had more years of playing it. So. Mm. all those wasted years there you go there you yeah. go um, I haven't played it I played Shogun and I like that which is probably absolutely nothing like it but it has a cube uh, it has a cube tower <laughs> it's it's interesting how the cube towers work because it is actually you think actually that that's such a random thing how, how, do, how does it even lend itself to the game but it does work and you yeah. can sort of semi-plan because you know how many cubes are, yeah, are in you there know, sort of you, thing. You vaguely calculate the odds in your mind, yeah, don't you? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I've got that Stygian Society by um, Kevin Wilson, which is a dungeon crawler 
with mm. a cube tower as the main mechanism. Yeah, that's that's. I'm, I'm quite interested to play that. That's a, that's a good idea. It's been pushed down the list a bit, but I'm interested to try it. Uh, Amerigo would be one of the games in the 11 to 15. It's like the next five felds are all sort of in a clump for me. And I like a lot of things about it and pretty much everything that Sean said to praise it I would go along with. It's variable. It's massively interactive. So it could be too interactive for some people because you can really bitch each other up and really cut each other off and screw people's plans and send them around the houses to try and get and claim land again. The only thing that stops it from being top-notch fell for me is that you can get complete duff turns and too many of them in that like everyone will do exactly the same thing as each other and then the next round, everyone's the exact same thing, exact same thing because the cube tower, it will just come out, all the reds will come out, all the blues will come out, all the whites will come out. And then you can get locked in a pattern where you're not actually making decisions. You're just doing what the cube tower says. Now, I understand it, but in this, it's the only thing that stops it moving up a notch and being a great feld. So it stays as a very good feld for me. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Then your number one. My number one is uh, the Castles of Burgundy, which is, we've Ooh. spoilt already by your your <laughs> picks, your, your your spoilers. There's nothing much to say other than what you've said. It's 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 almost a perfect game, really. It's one. It's, it's the only one out of my entire list that's actually still in my collection, and always probably will be in my collection uh, after numerous calls. Because also, it's the only one I actually play with my wife. The only board game I ever play with my wife. Um, we don't play it very often it's so good we don't see the need to be constantly learning new rules for new games because we know how to play that one and it's beautiful it's elegant it's different every time if if you want to change it up you've got the different maps and things like that it's it's just so it, it lets you feel there's a randomness but it also lets you feel powerful by being able to to alter the dice and then be able to kind of do various combos and all that kind of stuff which makes it feel really really fun to play and just going on the print quality of it i agree that well, the new version's even worse, to be honest. I think it looks absolutely rancid, um, which which is which is beyond belief, isn't it? I mean, what an easy goal that was, and yeah. and 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 to miss that was just ridiculous. It's not Alia and Rosenberger's strong point, is it? No, but you'd have thought that have you know been watching the industry at, in some level and seen how how much people were clamouring for it. Anyway, whatever. But going back to the old version. The build quality isn't great. The flimsy boards, you know, the, the, the beigeness of it all. I don't think it ever really takes away from the enjoyment of the game I've ever had. No. And the thing that that allows is it's so cheap. It's so cheap, that yeah. game. It's like 20, 25 quid for yeah. a really proper, chunky euro. And one of the big things that keeps people out of this hobby, we can we can say all sorts of things, is the price of this hobby. And to have such a great quality game at so cheap... if. If more games were that cheap, there'd be more game players. I'm convinced yeah. of it, because the people who are really excluded, the, 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 there's a number of people excluded from the hobby, but the people who are really, one of the groups that's really excluded is people who have low earners, basically, because they're such luxury products, and especially the the numbers we get through. But to have such a high quality, fantastic game at such a cheap price, I think, is very very rare, um, and, and and I think people don't celebrate it enough because honestly it's like 20 quid yes I, th- I think the group that's doing that is making but they're not deep games like Cars Burgundy but I think Prospero Hall yeah. and Funko are doing decent quality cheaper games and uh, I, I think, think they, what I think doing they're doing is... it because they, they can 
they're selling at Fruity. mass market things, so they've got the, the yeah, economy of scale to do. Yeah. Um, but you're right, the Prospero Hall are doing fantastic games, bringing it to the masses. They're going to people who are going to knock Simon. They're the people who are going to drive uh, gaming forward if, if that's yeah. the way it wants to go. But anyway, that's that's another that's another rant. Okay, but Castles of Burgundy, my number one. Yep, good fantastic. choice. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, my number one. I'm I'm pretty sure Sean's guessed it at least. It is obviously Agricola because it is marvellous and could never be bettered by any other version of of any kind that tried to do anything with that system. It is a game which has got endless variety, which you can learn for years and still learn new things about. There's three, or it used to be, I don't know what the new version is, but you see three card decks in the box, and there's one of the card decks I've never even opened, and I've played the game dozens and dozens and dozens of times. There are so many varied games in there. There are so many different strategies to go down. Another game is the best of worker placement. If you're playing a worker placement and you're not swearing at each other, it's not a good worker placement because it has to have that tightness. And this adjusts so well um, by adjusting around the board, very easy, flipping boards over to, to limit the number of spaces. And yet when you get to lower numbers, it makes spaces more more um, flexible so that you, you don't get completely stuck and stimmied. It is Misery Farm when you first play and you embrace the challenge and then it becomes, oh, what can I do farm? And you're no longer fighting to do things. You're now enjoying using the cards you have to create something and build and make something that's your own and have the satisfaction at the end of going, this wasn't easy to do. I was not blessed with bountiful resources here and yet still I came through and by the end I did have bountiful resources and I went through the hard times so I can appreciate the good times more. And that's the magic of Agricola. Start small, end big and it's glorious and my opinion, one of the greatest board games of all time. That sounded like a Dolly Parton song there. If yeah. I can sound like Dolly Parton, through Sean, the hard times. I will take that every <laughs> single freaking time, mate. Here's a question for you. If we had to vote, the whole world had to vote for a king and queen of the world, would Dolly Parton win for queen of the world? Or who would beat her? Gosh, I don't know. No. <laughs> she, she, she'd be the in the reckoning. Give us an advance. Right? Ah, we were talking about it the other day. We put, the, the girls put Beyonce up as a rival. Mm. Yeah, but I think a lot of people younger than us would be like, oh, Beyonce is queen. But a king is much harder. There's not like a universally loved... Well, there's me. Well, yeah, there's well there Dan. is Dan within his own sphere. I mean, that room mm. that he's in alone. <laughs> <laughs> It's me. Other than me, I can't really think. Jeff Goldblum, maybe. Or Cuckoo. <laughs> <laughs> I'd take it. I'd definitely take it at the moment. Uh, the... Tom, Tom Hanks. Everyone loves Tom. Yeah, Tom oh, Hanks. I think Tom Hanks was mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd take Jeff Goldblum over uh, Jamiroquai in the uh, in the. Oh, in the, in the insurrection, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Virtual insanity over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, let's not talk about... Um, yeah, I... Agricola is a very good game. It's a very clever game. Um, I thought I thought you'd have more love for Caverna giving you short legs and massive hedro. Uh, if that's a dwarf joke, I don't appreciate it, Sean. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm with you. Agricola is a very good game. I'd say it was more number five type game, but that's just my opinion. Sean, have you got any sort of a summary? I've written them all down if you need help on this, but you are right, the main so my, Well, basically, well, obviously, Feld is going to be my favourite because I've got... Number one and two is Feld, and number three is Rosenberg. So what's 
Dan is the same. One, two, Feld, three, Rosenberg. Yeah. And what are you, Ronan? I know you're one, Rosenberg. Feld, Rosenberg. Ooh. Uh, so I think between the three of us, it's obviously a, a victory for Feld. Yeah, although my the rest of my Felds are way back up on the list, at the top of the list. I think, I think um, yeah, I think Rosenberg's got a, a wider oeuvre, I would say. I think for me, Rosenberg was the one I really struggled uh, in terms of putting those last two, Robin and Loxley, which is a good game, and Le Havre, which I thought was just meh. So I struggled to get five great games from Rosenberg, and I didn't with Feld. All five games from Feld I really, really thoroughly enjoyed. Can't all be right, Sean. Can't all be right. Yeah, I had some near... I had... um just to do the old near-miss thing, the other ones, other than the ones that have been mentioned that were close to me for Feld were Notre Dame. Yeah, I, I, I thought about it. I thought about uh, it. Strasbourg, which no one else has ever played or likes. I played it. I, I played so. it at your house. I really like it. And the other yeah. one, which I'm actually really surprised was not on Sean's list, because he keeps coming out, he loves it, is Macau. Yeah, that was... That was number well. That would have been number eleven if there was. All right, Tom Vassell. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Macau was, was was right up there. That's the one I had to rule out for Luna. It was Luna or Macau. Like, oh, I didn't have any near misses. I, you, 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 you're lucky you got ten out of me, to be honest. You had some pretty wide misses just Dan, in your top Dan ten. Just threw some threw some darts at a board and whatever. <laughs> That's it. I just did a random number generator. Especially no, no. I, yeah, I, I was surprised how few Feld games I'd actually played. Actually, considering the the bigness, but also looking at the list, I don't think there's been that many big Feld games. I think he's coasting on Burgundy, to be honest. He's just. I was. This is something I was going to consider. They have the the two of them have got three big releases that have all just come out. We just reviewed Castles of Tuscany, which was definitely a step down in complexity and is much more of a 45-minute quick game. I liked it quite a lot. Sean was less hot on it. Yeah, I was certainly... Yeah, I, I had problems with it. And I think a lot of that was in the comparison, fairly or unfairly, with Castles of Burgundy. I just think it was, it was poor against that great game. So maybe I was being a little bit unfair, but yeah, I didn't like it as much as Ronan. And we, we are reviewing another Feld in, in the next episode. And I know from the position in Ronan's house where it currently resides what Ronan thinks of it. <laughs> so that means it's either in my collection or in my trade pile. Yeah, It's Bonfire, and that is a very much a Feldy Feld. It's back to lots of things going on, scoring lots of points in terms of Axfield. And then Halatau has just come out from Rosenberg, and that seems to be returned to farmy, big box, Euro-y, big hit. So after a quiet couple of years for them, we're not releasing so many big name games. But are we on the brink of a resurgence? Who knows? Mm. Who knows? Indeed. Who knows? Dan, yeah. enough I of that know. top 10. No, nonsense. we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the another thing that actually I, I meant to mention, I'll, I will stop banging on to, is that these are big name designers to us because of the time we came into the board game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Board game, yeah. They were big between 2010 and 2015. One of the interesting things I think, Sean, for us is going to be thinking about designers who we don't associate such glamour to their name, but are, are the big stars now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know some of them were obvious but some of them like Simone Luciani and stuff like that whereby yeah, yeah. you look Grand at their Hughes. body work and Grand it's Hughes. massive oh yeah 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 Cora Hughes yeah Cora Hughes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well Cora Hughes is an obvious obvious shoeing yeah yeah no but you, you, you're right you're right and I, I think they 
they have only just started their decline <laughs> into um, obscurity, and they will rise later. Given given three or four years, like like the the renaissance. Yes, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, so it's sort of like Canixio had that dip where he just yeah, yeah. kind of like who's Canixio, and then all of a sudden, oh, he's a master. Again, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I, I, I think, I think uh, it's like the music of the seventies. You had to become uncool before it could become cool again. And I, and I, I suspect Feld and Rosenberg are going to be the same. I've got absolutely nothing to base that opinion on. <laughs> if anyone ever plays Hengist, then they'll know, <laughs> they'll know how bad it can get. <laughs> Did you ever play it, Dan? No, no, no. You wouldn't no. believe. You wouldn't believe a, a functioning human being could design it. Never mind Rosenberg. <laughs> it's shocking. I mean. You'll, you'll be better than that with CoraQuest anyway. Which brings yeah. us back to the business of the day. CoraQuest. <laughs> yes, the reason I agreed to be on this shambles of a show <laughs> certainly wasn't to talk about these two hacks. It's to talk about uh, a true master of the board gaming arts. <laughs> I did have a question when you were talking about Castles of Burgundy. Is how Do you know, have you priced it yet? Yes, roughly. It's probably going to be about £30. Uh, which is less more than Castle Burgundy, but it's as, as cheap as we could do it. It's as cheap uh, as in, do in, it. in Kickstarter stakes, that is very cheap. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Well, I'm a big believer in, in in keeping things affordable, especially for family games, because because they, well, there's no point that family games need to be affordable. I think. And just just going back to it, you, am I right in thinking that people can design their own adventures and and what have you in the game? You can. But when's this going out, guys? When's this going out? Uh, hopefully, definitely by mid-January. Right. Well, you can have the exclusive scoop. <gasps> no, oh, not only can you you can you can you can design your own adventures. So, so basically, the story the story the story comes in. Um, I think I might have shown you the scoop already, to be honest, by because I can't keep my mouth shut. But this, this, <laughs> the story basically the dungeon comes out in it. There's a dungeon deck, and the dungeon kind of comes out on square cards. So you build the dungeon out, and every so often a story card will come out where you read a bit of text out. Now you can you read a bit of my text out. Or there's all these there's variety of story cards with various different things on like like a prison or a, a, a bathroom or you know a kitchen and all that kind of stuff. So kids and adults can make their own stories up and, and, and see these, you know, say, well, if this card comes out, then you read this bit of story, that you know, and all that kind of stuff. So you can make your own stories and adventures. You can also make your own heroes. There's 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 lots of um uh, not lots some very simple rules on how to make your own heroes for the thing and have I shown you the app guys have I shown you the app have I shown you the app Sean you haven't no I've got a web app where you can upload a picture of that your child has done and it makes it into an official core request card so you can move it around within within the frame oh nice you can you can write your um your own special abilities or use one of the ones we've we've already created you can put your own stats in things like that then you press print and it prints out this card and also prints out some standees so you you fold that up together and then you've got your own official looking because kids like things to look official it's all right saying you know draw your own stuff but but when it looks official and you know it looks like the ones that you're playing with everything else then then that's even more exciting for kids and, and encourages them to do that so so you can make your own heroes and play with your own heroes and the thing and and we're hoping one of the stretch goals is to 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 get a monster version of that as well so and that's free that just comes in the box that's that's not even a stretch goal the, the hero one that's just that's just what we we're, we're doing while there's a there's a fantastic family based dungeon crawler game in there and i think it's fantastic 
but I'm biased. But but a lot of people have said that they really really enjoy it, um, and it's it's aimed at kids, whereas a lot of dungeon crawlers aren't. Well, there's no other ones really other than uh, Mice and Mystics, but it's a lot simpler mechanics than Mice and Mystics as well. Um, but also, there's this whole side of it where you can make your own adventures and make your own heroes and and just basically design the game yourself, or de- at least design you know use it as a framework to 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 to, to do your own work on it as well. Quite excited about it. Yeah, it's still, well, um, even even if I wasn't didn't know you vaguely i was going to say friend but <laughs> well acquaintance. <laughs> i i would have been all over that because it's exactly the type of game that myself and james and nat really like playing we've we play stuff fables which i know yeah. it's not quite a dungeon crawler but it's got it's a similar narrative that, based yeah the narrative thing. game where you're sort of like you, you're defeating monsters and what have you and we absolutely adore stuff fables. Mm-hmm. We are looking to get into Mice and Mystics, so it's exactly the type of game that we would get into. And you've got a definite Kickstarter backer from from this household, anyway. Excellent. So. It, it's a similar. The, the mechanics are slightly simpler than than stuff fables because because yeah. we just brought them down just a touch because that that's mm. quite. But Jerry Hawthorne, the designer of it, he's done. I don't know if you've seen the stuff he's done. I he's saw, done yeah, core, yeah, core quest stuff as well. He he uh, he came across the print and play and wanted to make some some uh, characters for it. So there's some characters from Jerry Hawthorne on the uh, yeah the CoraQuest dot com website. And yeah. February the first, February the first is going to be February the first till February the eighteenth. Oh, so it's quite a short run. Yeah, 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 quite short. I don't think my nerves will hold up, Sean. <laughs> I I'm, a, I'm a bag of anxiety, and I think to to prolong it any any longer than that would uh, would kill me, quite frankly. And you were saying, or um, on sporadically bored, that it's better for you and the Kickstarter algorithms if people get in early. So the, if, the people, if people hit, yeah, hit it on the 1st of February, yeah, it's much be, better that, than doing it on the 18th of February. Yeah, apparently um, the way it works is Kickstarter starts pushing it up, all the listings. If it looks like it's popular from the beginning, Kickstarter will will, will, will push it up and promote it, whereas it, yeah. if it's a very slow start, then they, they sink it to the bottom and then it just kind of drowns. Yeah. I said we had no skills for him to use, and here's you like P.T. Barnum, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> The Hugh Jackman one, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. That makes me Zac Efron. And I, Dan's Am I the bearded, bearded lady? lady? Yeah. This is lady. me. <laughs> I've not seen that film yet. I should watch uh, it. It's, it's, uh, it's surprising. If you like that kind good. of thing, it's very, very good. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that kind of thing, and it was very good. Well, for it, for what it is, it was very good. Well, first time I watched it, Dan, was in a, um, there's a famous cinema in uh, London called the Prince Charles. They've ever heard of it, but it does all sing along things and and oh, like midnight showings, all that stuff. My worst nightmare. Uh, and that's what I we went to a sing along uh, the first time I ever saw a showman. So everyone's in there, all in costume, all getting into a dancing. And I literally never heard a like I've heard one song from the whole thing, and I still had a good time. So <laughs> I remember going to to a concert of my, my Cora's concert. She was in a big choral thing, and uh, you know, loads of kids from all over, schools all over the region and stuff. So the the, the, the yeah, town hall yeah. was absolutely packed, ramful, and, and the, the the. The conductor, the conductor started going, and now we're all going to do the action. So everyone clap, and then do this and this and this. Um, and there was only two people in the entire of the auditorium that were refusing to do this, and it was myself and my daughter. So I thought, yes, here's us. <laughs> A chip off the old block. Chip off the old block. So so stubborn and and retentive. But even though not doing it makes you look like the fool, 
Yeah. I went nice. to a thing like that at our town hall in Ealing, and the kid behind Eleanor, which was about seven like that, kept kicking Ellie. And I was, the teacher was like, the teacher was trying to restrain me. <laughs> I'm going, oh, that kid is like, dead. You're watching your own kid get kicked by a kid, and I was doing it in the brand. You're like, oh, get off. I was nearly in jail for, for stringing a seven-year-old up by some rope on a, on a stage. Yeah, I've been there, man. I've been there. The other thing, great thing that happened at this 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 concert was uh, um, two of the kids both vomited all over the backs of uh, the other ones. So the, an entire oh. section of the of the kind of the choir was all kind of running, screaming while the others were all kind of. It was uh, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. Uh, they used to do one for schools in London where they got to sing at the O2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the O2 will be full of, of the family and all, all these schools yeah. together. Both my kids did that. They loved it, man. They absolutely yeah. loved it. Yeah, there's a similar one up north where we, we, we get to sing outside the, the pub and, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, in a bar. Tim P's thrown at your head. <laughs> go on, on singing Huddersfield Bandstand. <laughs> <laughs> right, this is turning into a sporadically bored. It is, yeah. This is what you need to do. Dang. Get rid of this board gaming nonsense. You're a bad influence. <laughs> Right, well, uh, Dan, it, it's been fantastic having you on. It's been, it's been very, I've, I've, I've very much looking forward to this because, we, despite the, uh, my, the 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 poor quality of my list, I I, uh, I very much like you two guys. You are two of my favourites. Thank you, Dan, and best, real best, best, best of luck. First of February, core request. Everyone pledge early. Let's get it up the algorithms. Get it out there, spreading happiness and families being creative and, and enjoying time together. That's right, yes. I, I I know that eight-year-old me would have been laying bricks to have a game which they can add to and, and add their own ideas and stories. And character. I used to do it myself for D&D. That I knew no one would ever play. I'd still make up the stories and the adventures, so... Yeah, well, exactly. I did the same with Hero Quest as well. You know, yeah. Like that oh, kind yeah, of stuff. yeah, yeah. Don't get Sean's done Hero Quest to a for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Designing our own quests. Yeah, <laughs> well, there'll be yeah, like yeah, nothing, and then there'll be one room with every monster in the game in it. <laughs> exactly. how <laughs> you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, we're as good at designing as Dan is. Of course, the absolute best, best part of the whole game is if you look to the left of the front of the, on the box, you'll see a weird orc character with a star on his head. Yes. That's that's James's orc. That's James's <laughs> orc. It's good. It was supposed it's to be good. an underwater orc. Oh, was oh. that's He had a starfish on his head. I understand now. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Anyway, yes. So, yeah, thank you, Dan. Uh, thank you, Ronan. And thank you wow. to everybody who's been listening, all four of you. And it's ten past uh, midnight. You've kept know, me up so long. I'm working it. tomorrow. Shut up. <laughs> As always, we are proud members of the Dice Tower Network. Go there for the Dice Tower itself and gaming goodness galore. If you wish yeah. to download the episodes, we're on Spotify, iTunes. Stitcher. And Stitcher, yeah. Ma- many others. You're on CFAX, aren't you? Yeah, I'm CFAX. <laughs> if you if you want to email us, we are at the Game Pit Podcast at gmail.com. And we also have our Board Game Geek Guild. So pop along there if you've got any episodes, any ideas for episodes. So if you if there are any more uh, famous designers that you want us to to pit together, or if you have any more top mm-hmm. ten ideas, we are very interested. So give us a shout. We're on social media. We have our Facebook page. We have our Instagram page and we are on Twitter at GameBit Podcast. Thank you very much for listening and we'll catch you next time. Music, the Arab.
Boy, 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 boy. boy. Non-participant boy from Huddersfield, boy. <laughs> I said boy. 